1: Hello, Erickson Covenant Church family. Welcome to my living room. My husband Dan and I have been attending here at Erickson Covenant Church for about two and a half years. I'm not a preacher or even a public speaker, so don't expect a three-point sermon message or deep theological unveiling of scripture. There's no need for you to overwhelm my inbox with messages like, Don't Quit Your Day Job! I'm well aware of where my strengths lie, and public speaking really is pushing the limits. What I have to say today is simply my story. I was standing in the garage when this all started. Honestly, I was already irritated. The garage irritates me. It's a Dan-made disaster, if you get what I mean. The garage is full, to the rafters. There's not even a vehicle parked in it. There's no sense of order. Chaos seems to be everywhere. I wouldn't even be in the garage except I was sorting garbage. That is the other irritant. As much as I love our planet, garbage has become overly complicated. We have five different garbage cans to sort garbage into, and the question on my mind is always, do they really recycle this stuff? So I'm irritated, and Dan bursts into the garage. Now, Dan and I have known each other 40 years, 30 of which uh, we have been married. We've raised five children. And yes, we finish each other's sentences and thoughts. He should have known better. But he was caught up in the boyish enthusiasm he and Tom have when they are casting their nets to be fisher of men. With an eye to reaching those unsuspecting people with the amazing message of God's love. He excitedly blurts out, Tom's going to ask you to speak at Advent on joy. I turn my gaze at him despairingly and say, Frankly, I don't know what he expected my response to be. In that garage, while sorting all that garbage, dropping cans here, paper there, glass in this spot. His words were still crossing the abyss from his lips into my ears when I snapped, No! No! Why on earth would I do that? What possibly would make you think I would stand up and speak in public? I mean, I barely speak to myself. If I took all the shareable thoughts in my head and said them out loud, it would not fill two minutes, let alone an Advent message. Realizing what he stepped into, Dan quickly turned tail and headed back to his office. I stood up straight, Boy, I sure told him, didn't I? I'm not going to get caught up in the schemes of those two. I really stood my ground. In the 10-second journey through the breezeway from my garage into my beautiful home, I was quite proud of myself for deflecting that proposition. I opened the front door and stepped into the warmth and security of my clean, orderly home closed the door, and was immediately brought up short. Have you ever been stopped in your tracks? Stopped in your tracks by the Holy Spirit? God apparently speaks in a still small voice, but he has long given up that tact with me. I don't know what the Holy Spirit sounds like to you, but as I stood smugly on the welcome mat of my beautiful, peaceful home, I heard him say, are you done now? Are you finished your rant? May I speak? This is a delight for me. I love to hear my Heavenly Father's voice. In years gone by, when I would hear his voice, I'd just say, oh great, you're here, and carry on with what I was doing, like his very presence was a green light for me to just keep on going. Recently, because of my gray hair has accompanied me with a dose of wisdom, I'm actually trying to stop and listen to him. Very gently, he says to me, I know you don't have anything to say, but what if I have something I want to say to my beloved children at Erickson Covenant Church? Well, when you put it that way, and you're going to provide all the words, I guess I can do it. I call this reluctant obedience. So here I am. I'm told today's Advent message is to be about delighting in joy. Firstly, let me say this does not bring me joy. Standing in front of a camera, watching my husband watch me, critiquing me, public speaking, none of this brings me joy. I'm not sure how being terrified puts you in the right frame of mind to be sharing about joy, but they say that the Lord works in mysterious ways. So here it goes. Here is what I am sure about. The truth is God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, has blessed us, you and me. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It says so right in the book of Ephesians. The truth is I am God's child, and I am sure he has given me these spiritual blessings. This is what brings me joy. It gives me such confidence so that when the fiery darts of the enemy are launched at me, I can say, back off, Satan. I can't, you can't terrorize me into believing your lies about not being smart enough or articulate enough or entertaining enough to be standing here speaking. I'm going to stand firm here. I will glorify God and he will be pleased with me as I stand here before you. Let's pray and see what God has in store for us. Here I am, Lord, your willing instrument, your conduit of love for all who listen today. Let your glory rain down. Holy Spirit, come, allow us to worship you through this service. Amen. Talk about joy, Tom says. I am not a naturally joyful person. You could poll my family and friends and co-workers, and I guarantee you that not one of them would describe me as joyful. I have been described as reserved, polite, passive. I hold my emotions in check. I'm aloof, pleasant, calm, even keeled. You can see that there's no real room for an explosive emotion like joy in a person like me. I am so far off joyful, when asked to speak about joy, I did not turn to my abundant life experiences, but I, instead I turned to Webster's. It seemed reasonable to start with a definition. Google, define joy. Joy is defined as a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Okay, Similar nouns are delight, jubilant, triumph. The verb is rejoice. Joy is defined as an emotion evoked by well-being, success, good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing something you desire. Gee, it almost sounds a little unchristian. I better check what the Bible says. Google, what does the Bible say about joy? Google says that here are the top 10 joy verses. This cracks me up. It's like you're listening to the top 10 on the hip parade. Here they are, the joy verses, coming in at number one. The joy of the Lord is our strength. James pens, consider it pure joy in all of your trials. Peter described it as unspeakable joy. John says we can have joy in our relationships. Joy comes in repentance, Luke chimes in. Not to be outdone, Paul tells us we can have joy in our sorrows. King David tells us joy comes in the morning. Joy is part of the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Finally, at number 10, John tells us that our joy will be complete. And that's just the top 10 folks. Who doesn't want this? Just choose joy is something we often hear. Believe me, I'd love to choose joy. At times, I've been in situations in my life when I have desperately tried to choose joy. It is my experience that joy is very elusive, not easy to find, hard to hold on to, impossible to pull out when I need it. Yes, I desperately want to choose joy. Who wouldn't, given those top ten verses? But by its definition, joy is an emotion, not a choice. Picture this. You're driving down the highway on a cold, dark, snowy night. The car begins to slip. You've hit black ice. Fishtailing, you swerve into the oncoming traffic lights, and miraculously, you correct. Overcorrecting, you careen towards the ditch. And at that moment, you do not choose your emotion. It's built right in there for you. It's called fight or flight better known as panic. Quite simply, it's a soupy reaction of hormones and chemicals produced by your body. You do not choose it. It hits you like a rocket ship. Your armpits begin to tingle. You brace yourself for the impact. You close your eyes. You scream if you're me. If you're a trained, seasoned drivers, your muscles react automatically to correct you out of the fishtail. The same is true for joy. It makes you jump up off your chair, raise your arms in the air, dance all undignified, shout and cry. There's no choosing joy. However, I do believe the truth is you can cultivate soil in your life where, where joy can thrive. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there's excellence in anything, if anything is praiseworthy, dwell on these things. And verse 9 says to practice these things. Believe that God has a plan for your life, and it is good. The plan is good because he is our good, good father. Believe is God is right here, right now, with you, whatever your situation, because what you focus on creates your feelings and your emotions. So focus on him. I acknowledge that positive or negative emotions are the way that I feel, but they're not always the truth. So instead of filling your head with doom and gloom, chatter like we tend to do thoughts like this is terrible I can't do this anymore I'm gonna crash I'm gonna die does this sound familiar I hate her I'm too tired I'm too old I'm too fat I'm too stupid instead of choosing those choose to ask yourself joy seeking questions turn Philippians 4 8 into a question When I'm in a particularly joyless situation in life, I ask myself, in this situation, what actually is true? What is honorable? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? Where is the thing of excellence? What is of good repute? Is there anything in this situation that is praiseworthy? Then I focus on those things. Allow God to be your compass when it comes to finding joy because that's what he wants for you so that that is where he is going to lead you. So stop looking elsewhere. Stop focusing on the dismal state of your, that your world is in and read your Bible. Meditate on it day and night. Dwell on this massive love letter that has been given to you from God. At this point, I'm wondering, Lord, please somehow tie this into Advent. The season of Advent is when we focus on what? That God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? His one and only son. Why did he give us his son? So that all of us could be reconciled to our father and our joy will be made complete. I don't know what your circumstances are this crazy COVID Christmas of 2020. You may be taking things all in stride and you've just switched gears from buying your gifts in Spokane to buying your gifts online. You could be looking forward to a quiet Christmas without your crazy family and their crazy antics. You might be scheming to sneak out of the province and be with your family. Or you may be alone for the first Christmas ever and it's just you inside your bubble. You may be alone for the 10th Christmas and you're darn tired of it. You might be sharing your bubble with someone you can't stand anymore. No matter what our circumstances are, the truth is you are loved beyond measure. Not only accepted as you are, but created as you are by the creator of the entire universe. Better yet, if you accept the gift God offers us this Christmas season and believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and you are are then redeemed and victorious, no matter what your circumstances are. Friends, believe this truth, and no matter what situation you find yourself in this year, the, the, the delight of the message of Advent is that joy can penetrate this season when you focus on God. Try using Philippians 4.8 to ask those joy-seeking questions. Spend time in God's company because Psalm 16.11 tells us, In your presence, Lord, is the fullness of joy. I'd love to hear about your thoughts and experiences involving joy because what I've shared is just my story and I know your story will be different than mine, original and worth knowing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your amazing gift to us of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that he has given us the good news of the gospel of peace and we can be reconciled to you so that our joy may become complete amen erickson covenant church i hope and pray that this year you allow joy to penetrate your advent season merry christmas
0: thank you for listening we hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight we hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey whether you're finding jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericsoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Ericsson Covenant Church.